the Brainstorming Basketball Podcast. Unfortunately, we are missing a member today. Mr. Yosef Nasser is not with us. Um, and we would have loved to have him with us to, to hear his uh, Sixers opinions right about now. But we do have Harrison Lee out here. And Harry, how are you doing? Don't worry, I have all the Sixers opinions you need. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear them. I want to first, though, get into the Brooklyn Nets talk. Because that performance tonight, even whatever it is, four hours post the game ending, it's still shocking to me. And I would assume it's probably shocking to you too. Harry, what's, what's on your mind in terms of what we saw tonight? The, the first, uh, first message I got from Evan, Evan Brooks, you know, big fan of the pod, by the way, some random kid. Um, he's like, he said, uh, KD uh, or Kobe over KD with like a million like greater than signs. And when the, when the Kobe fanatics come out, God rest his soul. I love him. One of the greatest players to ever, ever play the game. But when the Kobe fans that hate another players come out, um, that's when, you know, it was a catastrophic performance, which is weird because KD had like 37 points. Right. But as far as like a second about that, yeah, go ahead. This I mean, in the first round, it never happened to Kobe, but Kobe got swept by that Dallas team in 2011. So did he? Not... The way the one that the one that won the chip? Correct. Yeah, in the second round, and they were the favorites going into that series. So hey, we like that stat for the bet that I made. We like that stat for someone <laughs> who has money on the Celtics. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's crazy. I actually, know that happened. That's kind of I wanted to. I wanted to ask you that actually, if you remember any other like guy, this is like the top guy getting swept because I'm I even like LeBron um when did he leave Cleveland what was the decision uh 09 2010 oh yeah 09-10. the the series that like led to all that like happening the the Celts uh Cavs when we like took off a shirt or took off a shirt at the end of the game that iconic photo of like but I mean that series they lost in five right and everybody remembers it like not being competitive at all but this series is weird because I feel like it was competitive there was a good competitive balance, I would say, in the first two games. I don't know. I felt like tonight, personally, the result, it just seemed like the Nets could never get a stop. So, personally, I thought that the Celtics had this in the bag. Even when Tatum fouled out, it still, to me, felt like Boston had it under control. Did you actually feel like the Nets' comeback was was a possibility? I mean, I mean yeah, they brought it within one. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's the thing with these games is like, I agree with your general sentiment. I think that Boston has kind of clearly been the better team this series. I mean, like, I think that they've they've Brooklyn's never had an answer for them on really either end of the ball. Right. I mean, I think that Boston came in. They were like, hey, we're just going to we're just going to beat the crap out of KD and everybody else like can can try to win the series. And then. um yeah, you're right. On the other side of the ball, they couldn't get a stop. But what's weird is that, like, every game, Brooklyn had a chance to win. I mean, game one and two, I, th- I, think, I, think Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn would – you could say that they threw both of those games. Like, game one, they were up, what, 10 in the fourth? Do you remember? It was, they were up a, a lot. I think they were – I think game one was the game where Kyrie rallied them. Oh no, you're right. I think it was game two that they were they were up like, like I don't know, 
five or six in the, in the fourth quarter. Not a lot. But I don't know. I thought they had they were in a great position to win, especially when you consider, like, KD, historically, he's been a guy that we can all count on in the clutch. Like, that's that's been, like, his thing. Is like He's, like, one of the most reliable playoff performers we've ever had. It's that and the, the fact that Jason Tatum was so fearless and just asserting his dominance in this series were the two, like, takeaways that I, I can't forget. Like, we cannot unsee what Jason Tatum just did to the Brooklyn Nets. Was that a passing of the torch moment, or is it too soon to say that? You know, the other thing that I did with, with uh, in that same text thread with Evan Brooks tonight is uh, do my top five guys in the NBA, and Jason Tatum was third. Wow. My, like, my redid, like, in the moment, overreacting, recency bias list, it was like, the funny thing is, I think I still like KD first. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I went like KD, Giannis, or Giannis, KD, and then Tatum. But, yeah, I think that absolutely Tatum's vaulted himself into that tier. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's necessarily taken over as, like, the face of the league, like on a Kevin Durant level. You know what I mean? I feel like that's more of a fame thing, though, a popularity thing. Well, he, I mean, spoiler alert, the Bulls are not going to beat the Bucks. So if he can get by Giannis after getting by KD, that's a hell of a statement right there in terms of best player in the world, possibly. I still think no matter what happens, now you just said Durant is yours. But for me personally, no matter what happens in these playoffs, I think Giannis is going to end the postseason as the best player on the planet. I would be, at least I would be surprised if he wasn't. Is that an unfair? So, so, so you got the Bucks winning then? Like the whole thing? No, no, I actually, I don't. But I think no matter what anybody else does, because they're missing Middleton, I don't see anybody able to surpass Giannis as best player in the world. But the two that are possible might be Tatum or how about, Luca, you know, he, he put on a show tonight. That dude, you, he balled out. There's a possibility, Luca. We're, we're jumping a little bit over the place, but if Luca gets the Pelicans in round two, even if he gets an injured Phoenix team, I mean, what is the ceiling for Dallas? Wait, can you, can you, can we imagine for a second what like a Dallas New Orleans, like, match it would look like in the playoffs and how unlikely of an event that would have been like what two years ago when they were both at the bottom of the west insane that'd be such an insane story i wonder but, uh sorry i was just gonna i was just gonna talk about you said the ceiling of dallas i mean with the suns looking extremely vulnerable i mean it's kind of wide open for everybody right like because are the warriors necessarily like unbeatable. I don't know. It's been a great matchup, Denver, you know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say it, it seems like, you know, Golden State is is the clear favorite, but I mean the rest of the teams Yeah, I'd like, agree with that. Everybody else, I can't tell what to make of any of them. <laughs> isn't that exciting though? I mean, isn't that like kind of the best version of this? Yes, unless Golden State is just that much better. And they might be. They, it, it really does look like Golden State plays at a different level, especially with that, with that death lineup in there. It is ridiculous. Are they, though? I mean, 
Okay, first of all, the death lineup, the whole nickname debate is absurd. I mean, I think pool party is good enough, cut and dry. Let's like, you know, ship it home. It's fine. But like, I don't know. I feel like, like styles make fights. And Denver is just stylistically so, so favorable for them. You know what I mean? The way that like Jokic has to come out and defend guys in space. Not that that's necessarily been like the biggest issue for them, but like it's like I almost look at the the Nets thing, you know, to circle back to it, to where we started. Um, like if the Nets had gotten the the other side of the equation, you know, because um, um, uh, the Bucks tanked their way into Brooklyn. You know what I mean? So if it was if it was Nets Bucks, and let's say that that series was a little more competitive, or something like that, and let's say that the Nets won or, or whatever, like would we would we say the same thing about the Nets too? You know what I mean? Because it's like I don't know. I just don't know if if anybody. I don't even know if you could throw the Warriors in that tier on their own. I just think that they got a great matchup. Who would be who would be not a great matchup for them in your opinion in the West? Mm, that's a good question. Do you think they have any bad matchups in the West? I mean, the thing is, they. I, I really think that they're they're going to the finals, and I think it's. God, I just predicted this past weekend the Bulls were going to win the series, so it, I don't want to put the <laughs> on it, but um, it really feels like it's inevitable that the Warriors are. I can't get- believe you just outed yourself like that. That's so brave. <laughs> I want the world to know that the Chicago Bulls once again <laughs> let us down. But no, it just seems like Memphis was the team that I was, you know. God, was, they're not impressive. Not at all. Ja Morant, the the play of Ja has been kind of overshadowed because of other stars like Kevin Durant not performing. But Ja has been really kind of – yeah weirdly absent i 100 percent agree to you like i was i've actually seen the most i think i've seen the most out of that series um you know and it's not that it's one of those things where it's like it's almost like the Harden thing from before where it's like yeah like he's getting his numbers but like if you watch the games like there's something extremely underwhelming about what's going on here you know what i mean it's like where did all the where did the floater game go where did the patience go the change of the change of pace. It seems like Jock came into the series to me, and I'm curious what you think, just like so hellbent, so adamant about getting to the rim, dunking on everybody and like embarrassing people on national television. And like, I think that on so many levels, like it's just not a great way to approach a seven game series where not only are you going to wear on the refs, like you're just going to stop getting fouled. You know, it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. Like they're just going to stop calling shit on you at some point, even if it is a foul. And second, it's like, it's just easier to defend if you're a, a team that sees that over seven games. You're just like, all right, we're just going to pack with the paint. Like, you're not going to do anything from that, like, five to 20-foot area, you know? Like, it's just not happening. I completely agree, but I'm, I'm going to go the other way with, with your last statement. I think Ja is going to be the one figuring it out along the seven-game series rather than the other team figuring him out. I think it takes – I don't know what it is about Ja. It, it's going to take him a little bit of experience in the playoffs. I think it's maturity. Maturity. Wholeheartedly, I still believe in him and the Grizzlies winning this series. 
just because I think that he still has that 40 point game somewhere in his, in his. Wow. That's interesting to hear you say that though. Cause I think that I actually think that a lot of people, I'm not even saying I do, like I actually have no idea where, where that series is going to go. I honestly think both of those teams are so sloppy. Like, like I don't, to me, those don't even really look like playoff teams right now. Like no disrespect. They're playing with playoff intensity and they're both very skilled. You know, they have skill on the roster. But, like, the level of play has been so sloppy to me that I, I can't even predict where that series is going to go. You know what I mean? The only, the only reason I, I am leaning Grizzlies is because I'm expecting Ja has a 45-point game in him, right? What happened? See, that's the thing is if he doesn't have one of those memorable games, what happens to the narrative surrounding John Morant this offseason? Is, is it the same that it was during the regular season? Is it too soon to have that kind of conversation? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's too soon or not. Every, like, you know, ESPN sees an angle. They're fucking going yeah. for it. Um, I don't know. I mean, if they, it depends on how they lose, really. I mean, if he's just straight up awful. I mean, I think we, ju- we just seen it. Like, I keep circling back to the Nets thing. But, like, Kevin Durant probably had the highest, like, internal approval rating of all the all all the nba you know you know people and it's like after this series i guess like there's a bunch of chatter now and people are going to hear about it and like his circles gonna hear about it you know what i mean so it's like i don't know i guess it's never too early you know what i'm saying like durant was like a a guy where like every player they probably would still say this are are like yo like that's like the best dude in the nba you know and it's like all right you know, so Jaw is not he's he's not impenetrable to that kind of energy either. You know, let me get this correct. So no player is impenetrable to that kind of energy. Then in your book, I mean, it's just gonna happen. Like in today's, the way we talk about this shit today is is just charge on either end. Like we're always gonna have the most extreme. Like no, that guy sucks. He should never even have picked up a basketball in his entire life. <laughs> or we're always going to be the other side, and we're going to be like, dude, that guy is the best thing that has ever, ever touched a basketball. So, you know, but the playoffs is, is, a, is this unique vehicle where we are exposed to the ex- most extreme of those two, like flip-flopped on their end every whatever it is, 48 hours. You know what I mean? So, like, the jaw thing, like, I don't know, because so much could change in the next two games. Yeah. You know? That's <laughs> the beauty of it. That is the, the beauty, the overreactions and all that comes with it. That's what we're here I, for. I do want to uh, get back to the Nets really quick. Going forward into this offseason, Kyrie Irving already tonight said that the plan is that he's going to re-sign. Now, He's going to opt out of his player option, and the Nets are going to secure him into a longer-term deal. If that means two, three, four, maybe even five years, that's to be determined. The other news is that Steve Nash, he apparently, according to Mark Stein, is not going anywhere. So with that being said, I want to also preface you on one more thing. Bruce Brown, who is essential to the Nets in the postseason, is an unrestricted free agent as well. And Nick Claxton is a restricted free agent. And he might get a, an offer sheet, a big offer sheet from somebody. I think he's like, this is a separate, I think he's a 10 plus million dollar center uh, from what he showed. But 
in terms of the Nets next year, they're also he missed, he missed ten plus free throws. By the way, he did. He hor- horrendous free throw shooting tonight by by Nick Claxton. Um, also, they're planning to get back Joe Harris and maybe Benjamin Simmons. Who knows at this point? I want to ask you, Harry. Would would you say that it's a guarantee that this Nets team is equal or better next season? Yeah, I would. And why? What? I don't. That I, don't I, I don't know if that was the answer you were looking for. <laughs> I no. I want the truth. I want always the truth. Oh shit! Okay. Um. I don't know, man. I just think that like those two guys are still really good. I mean. I underst- I fully understand what we just saw, but I think that lose Bruce Brown, you lose Nick Claxton, you know, like whatever. It's just not that's not it's not about them. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like I do think that I do honestly believe that they would need Simmons to be like a real piece. Like but isn't that what he's supposed to do? Like the Bruce Brown thing, but that's better. A lot of ifs. But taller? Yeah, that's true. That is a lot of ifs. <laughs> the, I mean, you're, you're so part of your uh, prediction is relying on Ben Simmons to produce, and yeah, that's, that's a, a huge asterisk right there. Is he on this team next year? I, that's the thing. Is this team this off season? The interesting thing is, I don't think that they can even afford to let Bruce Brown go. Like you have he's to bring him back. Team. He was. Dude, he's if it's and if it's Nash and D'Antoni, like the same coaching staff. Like the way they use Bruce Brown is like, okay, you're literally the pick and roll guy. Like you're gonna you're gonna set a screen. You're gonna fucking roll up to the up right up to the nail or like you know, top of the key, whatever. And you're gonna get the pass and you're gonna make a play. But the thing is. That's Ben Simmons. It is. Right? Is it not? So, like, I hear what you're saying, but, like, that's the whole reason he exists. So, like, for, okay, here, here's what I'll say. No, you cannot trust Ben Simmons to come back and play basketball, obviously. But if I'm Ben Simmons, does that just mean I retire? Because there's no more perfect team for you than this. Like, that's what you do the best. So, like, if you don't want to show it off, I just fuck, dude. I just don't get it. I, for the record, I think that he's gonna play next season. How many games? Who knows? I would, I would bet on more than half. But wow, his, the the back. You're thing, with me. You're in my camp. You're in my crazy town. But here's the thing, I didn't say he would play well because I could still <laughs> see a scenario that he's like, he didn't play basketball for a year, and who knows if he even cares about like getting better at his craft. There's dude. a chance that we've already seen his prime, even if he plays. Dude, did you did you see the the clip the Nick Friedel clip? <laughs> I did not. Well, what what was it? So Nick Friedel was at their was at their practice or whatever, and uh, he the he said that Ben Simmons like pointed at him and went, "Watch this," <laughs> and then just did the worst like two K rim grazer package dunk ever <laughs> oh my goodness. and friedel said he was like simmons was adamant about like make sure you get this shit on camera <laughs> oh my goodness um no i mean he's he's an enigma we we have no idea what to expect i love him <laughs> i i do too i'm fascinated by it i didn't understand the like how many people cared that he's not playing in game four it's like yeah it's not a who, 
it's like I don't a, think Nash did either, by the way. I think he was pretty blindsided too. Already like whatever. I don't know. I thought that it was it was crazy that everybody in the media had an opinion about Ben Simmons who hadn't played all season. Like it's like if Zion gets ruled out for game five, are they gonna have the same reaction? Zion, by the way, is doing like crazy dunks in warm-ups. If if I think that people under underrate how how difficult it is to jump in the middle of a playoff series jamal murray zion ben simmons they all want to sit out i i get it personally i don't know how you feel about that but if you're going to be mad about somebody would shouldn't it be the guy that's doing the the, like 360 dunks in warm-ups or is that just i don't know i'm not mad at either of them but if you're going to pick a side it was weird that no absolutely i mean dude this is the only good take reggie miller's had in 12 years when he's like Okay, if you can do that, you can play 15 minutes in a game. Like, yeah. dude, like when you're looking at this guy and he's, you're right, 360 windmilling in practice. Like, I don't need to add to this. I mean, 100%. I don't understand why people aren't. I think the only people who are mad are the fans that, like, are affected by it, like New Orleans fans. Like, it seems like they're, they're the only ones on Twitter who are riding, like, the, hey, like, not cool bro wave. Or at least some of them are, like, nice and passive aggressive about it. Like, dude. C.J. McCollum, best Pelican we've had in, in ages. Yeah. <laughs> that um, – we don't have too much time left tonight, but I do want to get a quick prediction on that series from you because that series has been so good, Suns and Pelicans. What are you is – that the be- is, is that the best series of the first round, by the way, as far as entertainment value? Like uh, that, that we have left. Yes, I would, I would say so. Isn't I mean, that crazy? Can we, okay, I love doing this during the playoffs because like we've talked about extensively on this pod where, you know, I've rambled on for 40 minutes. Um, like things change from like day to day as far as the, as far as just how we view all this shit. Like not just the takes, but like the take verse, <laughs> the yeah. multi-take verse. And if you rewind like two weeks ago, like everybody would have said the most entertaining series is going to be Brooklyn, Boston by far. It's yeah. over and four, and it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but it's over and four. You know, we have all these great matchups. Philly, Toronto was supposed to be super entertaining, highly competitive. That's could been be. a weird one. It's been be. a weird one. It's it, we got a long way to go. Yeah. Got, I think we got two games left, in my opinion. But like having the Pels Suns be like by far on court top tier, you cannot miss it. Like what a what a joy this first round of the playoffs has been. Unbelievable. Um. I mean, Jose Alvarado, he, he's going to probably be like in 10 years. I hope he's still playing. I don't see why he wouldn't. But there's going to be so many random Alvarado Pelicans. <laughs> like when you go to like an amusement park or something, it's just going to be – he's going to be like – he already is a cult hero, man. The way that he's defending – it's ridiculous. He got Chris Paul on an eight-second count and then got him with the hidden in the corner trick, which I, I've i never seen anything like that. Have you ever seen anything like the hidden in the corner trick? No, it's immediately iconic. And one of the, one of the best non-scoring-related moves in any sport we have. But, here, you know, the other thing I'll say is that I cannot wait for Alvarado's, like, you know that little retirement clip that they do when guys oh. are like, it's oh, dude, wow. his two-minute reel is going to be a fucking 
it's gonna be insane. Like I'm I'm crying just thinking about it. So if you had to put percentages on it, Suns winning, what what would you say the percentage is and then Pelicans? I I'm not gonna say it's like 50-50. I'm not that insane. <laughs> but, but like I think I'm a little higher on the Pelicans prospects in the series than most people. I just think that they actually like figured something out. If this is what it's gonna be, and it's not gonna be Devin Booker, who let's be clear is probably a top five MVP candidate this year. You're going to feel his loss if he's not in the series. But that being said, if, he, if he's not playing, I feel like the Pels really figured some shit out. I'd, dude, I'd put it like 70. No, I'd put it – let me think about it. 65, 35 Suns. Oh, that's I'll, exactly what I got it. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Pels have a real – that's a real chance. Ingram has to play the same way. The he's rest- been the best player in the series, right? Correct. Uh, yes. He has been incredible. It's still a part of me is like, can he do this in game five and game six and game seven potentially? Because they need him to. Like, the thing is about, like, that level that Ingram is reaching now, those guys do it every night. I guess maybe not anymore. I don't know. Do they do it every night anymore? It seems <laughs> like this postseason, it's been the straight – Donovan Mitchell tonight was terrible. Trey Young yesterday was terrible. Horrible. How many games have we seen from – Kevin Durant, obviously, John Morant. How many games have we seen this year? It, it seems abnormal how the, the stars and superstars have been just like – Chris Paul was another one. Just really weird performances. Has that stuck out to you at all? Yeah, I mean, it, ha- it definitely has more this year. I don't know why because – I. I know for a fact that, like, there's never been a year where every single superstar on every single team that's played in the first round has dominated every game they've been or been very consistent. Like, that's definitely not the case. I, I guess my only, my only guess for why it's felt that way, because I do agree it has felt that way, is maybe, like, maybe the NBA is back. Like, maybe our ratings are just fucking great again and just the spotlight is brighter than it's been in two years because of the bubble, because, you know, weird shit or whatever. And people are just back to like the NBA, maybe the NBA is just relevant again in a way that it wasn't, you know, a few years ago, but going back to this series, dude, I just think the Pels are more talented on paper right now. Like the way that they're playing at this level. Like if you watch these Suns games, you're getting like a zero from Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig, like that, small forward combo you're getting you know Sarge is out they don't they don't have that like frank the tank that they did last year javel has been great um bismack biombo is buried on the bench now <laughs> not that he was ever like a real guy but it's like they're not as deep as you think they are especially like campaign campaign has not been good all year like this has just not been his year there's not a cold start to the playoffs i hate to say it i actually really like the guy former bull um <laughs> Like their best guy off the, you know, in that, in that role player kind of area has been Landry Shamit. Like it seems like when he's out there, he's the only like guy that can do stuff. You know, I don't know. Cam Johnson has not shot well. It's just it's strange. The talent level looks like it's lacking. I I believe in that trio though. Campaign Cam Johnson Shamit. That's why I still think that the Suns, even if the Pels do get them at home. I don't think, I don't see the Suns losing at home again, not to this team. That home crowd is very, very legitimate. That is a tough the Phoenix one. Win. Yeah. That's why the fact that Ingram was able to take one there, it was very Dude, impressive. He's tough. 
He, yeah. you know, people have talked about this because he's such a soft-spoken guy. Dude, I did not know how mentally, like, there. I mean, he, what, rolled his ankle, too, in, like, game one? Like, it looked pretty bad. I haven't heard a fucking peep about it, you know? Yeah. Yep. He's He's been uh, definitely one of the bright spots of these playoffs. Um, I really quickly want to get into the Boston Celtics and going forward into the playoffs. We just did the um, the percentages with the Pelicans and the Suns. Listen, we're crossing off the Chicago Bulls. Let's just get into <laughs> Milwaukee and Boston. How would you percentage that series? Fuck, I wish we could play like the funeral music for the, for the Bulls. <laughs> they don't deserve um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, our tourist is Polish. Is he? What is he? Oh man, you're asking me all the, the tricky questions. I actually don't know. Go ahead. Wow, I'll, I'll look that's up. that's honestly surprising. But I was I was wondering what they play over there. Okay. Um, it's tough to get go against Giannis. I get it. I do, but I think the Celtics have a legit top five player now, and they've had the best defense in the NBA for like. It's not a small sample size. I mean, it's, you count the playoffs, it's been like 50 games of having like pretty far and away like the best defense in the NBA, you know? Yeah. I, so, I don't know. I mean, the Bucks. honestly, I don't know if I told you guys this, but like the past uh, – I feel like I'm in AA meeting. I'm like admitting something dark and mysterious. But like the past six months or so, I've looked at the, at the Bucks defense like after they got – all the big three healthy, and then recently towards the end of the season, getting Brooke Lopez back, who's been great for them. Don't get me wrong. And the defense is just not there. Like, even against Chicago, even when they're pulling away in these games, it seems random in a way. Like, Grayson Allen hitting, like, seven threes in a row or whatever. You know, or the Bulls just, like, completely collapsing, you know, and just not being able to generate. I guess it's not fair. I mean, part of not being able to generate offense is a great defense, right? I don't think they've been as bad on defense as, I, as I'm kind of hinting at, but I also don't think they're good enough to necessarily stop a guy like Tatum. And then on the other side of the ball, I think it's pretty one-sided. I'm with you. I think that individually, Drew Holiday, in the games in Chicago, he was fantastic on the defensive end, and, and Wesley Matthews as well. Um, but then you're ask, you need Drew to score in this series because you're assuming Middleton yeah. might not play the whole series. So you're going to ask Drew to probably guard Tatum and then me to give you 20 to 25 as well. It's a tall task. He's been doing it though against the Rosen. So that's not really, I don't know. I don't think that's Tatum. Um, I think Tatum. No, but you know what the, you know, what's funny about the bucks. I just, I just scrolled through my notes to, to check. Cause I was, I was taking a look at like who's been playing minutes for these teams and who hasn't. Um, you talked about Drew with, like, the scoring thing. Like, that's kind of when the thing that's been missing from these games is, like, you're going to need another guy that can give you that scoring punch when teams are just like, let's just build the fucking wall. Let's yeah. do the Toronto from three years ago. Giannis, you're like, you're not coming in here. And, like, the, the Bucks have just kind of – they're lacking that extra, like, gear to be like, hey, here's, like, six points in, like, two minutes. Like, where's that guy? Like, the, like Jordan Nora hasn't um, the- played at all. Yeah. You know, and it's this was a guy who like started the season as a big, huge part of their team when they were missing Drew and Chris, and then kind of tapered off a little, but was still part of the rotation. And so it sounds like you're you're thinking the same thing. Like they're not, and they're getting zero out of Surge, who they thought could at least do a little, 
surge stuff. So it's like, it just feels like they're missing like 10 to 12 free points a game from, from those, you know, I, I I'm with you. The surge thing is glaring. Cause I mean, there was a, a, a game there where Portis got hurt and surge still only got, Oh one. yeah. With the, with the eye. Yeah. With the eye. And then surge <laughs> got one minute in that game. So, so clearly the, the trust isn't quite there with surge. So, for me, it's like Giannis has to be Giannis for them to beat the Celtics. Holiday has to give you points and defense. And then I'm – see, if you get those two, then I'm confident in the third guy offensively being whoever it is. If it's Connaughton with a random 18, Portis mm-hmm. with a random 22, Lopez with a random 20, as we've seen, Grayson Allen with a random whatever. But the part that – I don't really trust is the holiday part. I, I don't know wow. if I'll give you the offense on a nightly basis to beat the Celtics. That's why I'm rolling with Boston in, in six or seven, but I have another question for you about the Celtics. Shoot, yeah. Robert Williams, Daniel Tice has been the starter here for the last few games. I don't know if he started the series. Did he? Start? Well, well, so, so Rob, Rob Torres meniscus, like, two months ago or so and he uh but the surgery went so well like he wasn't supposed to be back at all this series yeah but the surgery went well enough and his rehab went well enough where it started to be like well rob might play rob might play and so the first game back which was game three he was on like a pretty strict minutes restriction played well he looked great i thought the minutes that he played but Ime was like Ime after the game was like yeah he's on a minutes restriction he probably could have done more and then game four tonight, uh, it seemed like they were just keeping him on the same level. So what I, th- I think it's more of like a Rob is ready to go, but they're just going to be safe because they, they think they're going to win the series quickly, and they did. They swept. And they're going to get Rob another week of, like, this really, really gets you right for the next series. You know what I mean? That was going to be my question is Tice did start this whole series. They just went 4-0. and Do you, yeah. do you tinker with the starting lineup there? Do you insert I, Rob? Yeah, I think it's Rob because it's been Rob all year and, and he's just such a huge part of that, that defense, like as kind of the, you know, not only so you can switch everything elsewhere and then he just gets to basically like roam and block shots and, you know, so freak Horford on Giannis and then Rob on Lopez, which by the way, you know, the Horford on Giannis thing is historically supposed to be like a great idea, even though the numbers have never really backed that up. It's like, He's a Giannis stopper. Giannis got like 29 and 17 and 8 tonight. You know what I mean? Let's put Time Lord there. Let's see what happens. That would be fascinating. I think Time Lord might be a little too small. Wow. He's like 6'8", six, six, I think. Like kind of skinny. I, I would put Time Lord on Brooke Lopez. Here's why. Because the, the Lopez thing, Lopez is like just a corner guy. He's P.J. Tucker on offense now. Like he's not Brooke Lopez, Nets Brooke Lopez, where he's like posting up and shit. Like he'll get his there like once in a while. But like, I feel like if you're if you got the if you got Rob on Lopez, Rob can kind of play free safety, uses athleticism as like a weak side defender, and then to me, Al Horford is just a more disciplined like strong side defense, like on the ball guy. But I don't know. I mean, I think either way, like you're gonna see it either way. They have to switch everything. That's like what they do. You know, you're gonna see a bunch of that. I can't wait for that series. That is gonna be. Is that the one you're looking forward to the most in round two? In the second round, e- yes, it ha- it has to be right. I mean, Miami. What's, 
It could be Golden State Memphis. Yeah, but that's going to be exciting. Do not get me wrong. I, that's over in four, though. <laughs> I'm not going to. That's wow. That, you know, Memphis has the first two at home. Bro, yeah, but they're playing without a center. I mean, Steven Adams can't get off the bench for some weird reason, and Jaron Jackson has 12 fouls a night. So it's like the foul thing, Xavier Tillman out here. The foul thing is ridiculous at this point. I mean. I, yeah. We don't have enough time to talk about this, but, like, the Jaron shit is, like, like, dude, that guy, he cannot stay on the court. That's ridiculous. Last question I'm going to ask you before we get out of here. Yeah, hit me. <laughs> Sixers or Raptors? Oh, dude. Okay, we, I want to – okay, let's, let's give another – I got another two minutes left in the take for this. Dude, I don't know, man. It's, like – like, why can't they generate any offense if it's not the first, like, set – you know what I mean? The first seven to ten seconds of the shot clock. Like, if they get something early, they get some transition look or whatever. Joel gets, an, Joel gets a seal, like, before the ball's even crossed half court, and he just gets, gets to seal his guy, catch the ball, and dunk it. Like, if that doesn't happen, it seems like they cannot get a good shot. Like, it's like Tyrese Maxey, crazy step back, or, like, Harden barfing up some terrible nonsense and then, like, holding his hands, like, why didn't I get a call? Or, like, Embiid, like, just not being able to make, like, a ton of – I don't know, either not being able to catch where he wants to, you know, to attack, or just, like, not getting involved into those, like, four seconds left because nobody can throw him a pass. I don't know, dude. It's such a weird – it's such a weird roster. I'll still go Sixers. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. For the record, I did not get to watch the game tonight, so I didn't – I don't have a feel for how this – you know when you don't get to see it, you don't have yeah, a yeah. Um, but man, if it was any team to do it, a doc <laughs> team, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be in doc and Harden together. It's just, it's the perfect storm. It's the perfect storm. Game, Poor six, Joel. game six is going to be must see television. That's for damn sure. And Drake for sure needs to be there talking smack. Fuck Drake. But dude, I do Toronto has come out in full attack mode. You know, like they were, but dude, to be honest, that's what I was impressed with, with uh, Philly about is like, I feel like Toronto came out in game two. I don't know if you saw that one, but they came out on fire, just like yeah. full attack mode. I thought they did exactly what they should. They're like, look, Scotty's out. He's a big part of our team. Um, I think Thad might've been out for that game or maybe he, would, he played, but they were like, look, we can't go down 2-0. We need to die, die on our shield, you know? Yeah. And they lost that game. Like, Philly took it and beat them. And I thought they upped the intensity to a new level. And Joel was just, like, a freak. Like, just completely dominated the game on both ends. And then, I don't know, to see the series have become this. Like, I understand Toronto got all their guys back. You know, Scotty, Thad, GT seems like he's fine. But it's like the momentum has completely shifted. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm nervous, bro. I want, for the sake of Mr. Yosef Nasser, I and for Joel Embiid, like I want to see this team at a further stage of development they've been able to show. But it's like, I, I don't know. It's troubling. It's really troubling what's going on in Philly right now. Yeah, I, I have no idea what to expect. But if it is Sixers heat, that would be really, really fun as well. That's a fun series. Cannot wait to see it. Harrison Liao, as always, thank you so much for joining the brainstorming basketball podcast um, anytime brother <laughs> until next time 
Oh, the Chicago Bulls are still still alive, by the way, um, <laughs> at the posting of this podcast. But until next time, we are out of here. We out.